Today, it's all about what I think is one of the most fun rooms in the house to decorate and also the most joyful, the nursery. So I have with us today, Naomi Ko, who specializes in just nurseries and kids spaces for design. That's it. That's her focus. She's all about it. So join me if you are trying to design or need to design a nursery or know somebody who is. Come and join us with a cup of coffee at the table and hear all about it. Here we go. You're listening to Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Designing a new home to be your family's sanctuary can feel impossible during the stress of moving. In this podcast, interior designer Jill Kalman shares practical advice, design wisdom, and lifestyle tips for anyone moving to a new home. You'll learn all about the psychology of a well-designed home and how to survive the move and thrive in your new life. Say goodbye to overwhelm and hello to a home you love to come back to every single time. Here's your host, Jill Kalman. Today, I'm so excited to have with me Naomi Ko. Naomi is the founder of Little Crown Interiors and author of the most amazing nursery book I've ever seen. It's a nursery design book called Your Perfect Nursery. And let me tell you, it is the perfect book of aesthetic and how-to and guidance for setting up a great nursery. Naomi founded Little Crown Interiors in 2008, focusing her design studio just on nurseries and children's spaces after seeing this specialized skill missing from other firms. I think it's brilliant, by the way. Bringing together beauty, functionality, and safety, Naomi believes in creating spaces for her clients that are unique, intentional, and curated. Little Crown Interiors offers full nursery and kids' interior design services for clients in Southern California and e-design services for anyone in the U.S. or Canada. Over the last 14-plus years, Little Crown Interiors' work has been featured widely in print, web, and on television, including Domino, People Magazine, California Home and Design Magazine, and many, many more. You can also get her book, which I mentioned, and we'll have links to that later in the show notes. But welcome with me today, Naomi Ko. Hi, Naomi. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. I'm really excited to have you here. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. I love your book, The Perfect Nursery. So we will be chatting all about that. So let the audience know a little bit about yourself what you do, and then we'll kind of get into what we're going to talk about today. Sure. Sounds good. So my name is Naomi Ko, and I am the owner of Little Crown Interiors. And we're a design studio that focuses specifically on nursery and child design. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's not very common. So a lot of people just ask me like, how the heck did you even get into that? Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of a funny story, but I I graduated design school in 2007, which was during the recession. Mm -hmm. And I had these big plans of going into institutional design or hospitality design. And that just didn't happen because no one was hiring, especially not locally. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't willing to move. So I got the first job that I could find, which was at this little design studio in Costa Mesa, California that did nursery design. And at the time, that was totally unheard of. Mm. And I was very intrigued by it. 
And of course, after doing just a couple, it's it's super addicting because it's so fun and creative and there's a whole new level of functionality involved. And, you know, so I worked there for a while and then they shut down. Mm. So I ended up starting my own company doing something similar with somebody else I had met there. And now we're almost 15 years later. I love it. I love it. And you know what? I think it's great that you're so specific and like mm-hmm. you're so niche and that's important. And the nursery is a, it's a special place. It's got different specifications than other rooms. And so mm-hmm. I think it's so great that that's your focus. So for our audience today, I think it's a great topic because our audience is primarily young families and they're mm-hmm. growing their families and the nursery is an integral part of their home. So I'm really happy to talk about that with you today. So you know, you have this book and you have a philosophy, you have your firm. And I think one of the things you talk about is the very first steps in planning your nursery, which this comes up all the time with me too, with people planning their rooms is how does somebody find their style and define their style, right? So right. you talk about that. So let's dig into that a little bit and tell us kind of that first, you know, step of starting where you have that kind of, you know, vision and how you can make that your own. Yes. So this can often be one of the hardest parts for people because Mm -hmm. not only, I mean, with any room that you're designing, it can be overwhelming with all of the social media pictures and the Instagram and the Pinterest. And it's just insanity how much content is out there. And you can have a hundred different pictures that you like, but they're all different and trying to figure out why do I like this one, but I also like this one. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then with the nursery, the second layer to that problem is that people don't even know what they need. So mm-hmm. they can see a picture, but not know, like, do I need that item? Is what is that an item safe? Is that item something that should go on my registry? You know, there's kind of these extra fears, I suppose, yeah. that go along with the even just the inspiration gathering. So mm-hmm. I generally have people try to let go of that a little bit and just pull photos that you like. End of story. You like it, save it. Yeah. And then once you have kind of a big group of things to look at, one of the things I recommend is to try to find commonalities in those mm-hmm. photos. Yeah. So whether that is, you know, what is it that you're attracted to in this photo? Is it the feeling? Is it this specific style of furniture? Is mm-hmm. it this type of drapery, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. and see if you are finding certain things that are coming up over and over again. And likely you can make a little list of patterns. Yes. I say that all the time that there's always a common denominator. We tend to like what Mm -hmm. we like and we tend Mm -hmm. to gravitate. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So I think, but I think a lot of people don't know how to do that. It's not, you know, for designers, we're so good at that. We do it all day, every day. True. But, you know, trying to nail that down when you're not a designer and you're not trained in that language. Yeah. It can be a little tricky. So that's my first recommendation. And then when it comes to actually nailing down your style, (laughs) I'm a little bit casual when it comes to style. I think that you don't have to necessarily have one and you don't have to stick to something very specific. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody replay that three times because I get asked that all the time and I feel the same way you do. Like you don't have to give yourself this one label. 
Right. And I think Mm -hmm. especially now with so many options available, the more eclectic look, and I guess sometimes we call that transitional, is easy and popular and it looks nice. It doesn't have to be French country or, you know, mid-century modern and only that. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, if there are a client, say they, I meet with a client and their entire home is designed one way. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to suggest a nursery that's completely the opposite. Right. (laughs) Right. You know, I mean, we'll work with it. If you have a style that you know you like, you can work with that. But if you don't, you don't need to really worry too much about it. Yeah. People get very, very worried about their style, about what to call it, to give it this singular name, and to make sure that every single room in the house represents it. And like you just said, it's a little more organic than that, I think. So, you know, like you could have a traditional room, but you could put a mid-century modern chair in it and it'll work. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's one example. So Right. And the key to that, I think, is just balance. Exactly. You know, if you're pulling in, if you have a very traditional home and you want to put in modern elements, just balance them, you know, a little bit modern on that side of the room, a little piece on the other side of the room. Yep. And you're golden. Yeah. Yep. Totally. The next thing that I find is the biggest thing is, okay, space planning. So, Knowing the space you have, how much square feet, the shape of the room, and you have to say, okay, what do we need in the room and how's it going to fit? How can it lay out? So I know also, you know, you cover this next step in your book too. So let's expand on that a little bit for the audience as well, as far as space planning for the nursery. Yes. So before we even start the space planning discussion, I have to go over a few safety elements with clients because the two are very related. Okay. So what, as soon as we start the space planning or the floor plan discussion, it's right into the safety. So mm-hmm. mainly the placement of the crib, because mm-hmm. that is the, you know, that's the place where the baby will sleep and it needs to be very properly placed. And I think mm-hmm. that there's a lot of There's a lot of safety concerns that a lot of people don't know about in regards to the crib. So we always go over that a lot. (laughs) Okay. And then, you know, figure out where the crib can go first. And then we work the rest of the design around that. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's a little bit different. I suppose in a regular bedroom, you'd probably start with a bed. Where can the bed go? And then, you know, work around it. So it's similar to that. But in a nursery, you're going to have your three key pieces, which is the crib, the dresser slash changing table, and a glider or somewhere to sit. Mm -hmm. So those are the three pieces that you'll need to figure out where you can fit. Mm -hmm. And then most of the other accessory furniture can be worked in and layered with that. Exactly. And so whether somebody's working with you directly, you're going to come up with the floor plan, or if they get your book and they're doing a little bit of DIY, you give them some tips on how to kind of come up with their floor plan and do their measurements and whatnot. Exactly. And if you're not a visual person, Mm -hmm. I highly recommend taping out your furniture. Yeah. I tell people that too. Like for some people, you know, the way we can draw it out, I kind of think it's like looking at a map, but for some people, they can't really get it that way. And so I will tell people to the same thing you just said, which is tape it out, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. It really helps. <laughs> it helps a lot. Helps a lot. Yeah. Even designers sometimes will go in even after we've done a floor uh-huh. plan and we might go into a room and we're like, oh, let's just tape that out and just see, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's really smart. And we're going to get into safety in more detail too. So, yeah. and I and you mentioned the crib and I think one of the big safety things with the crib is to not place it under a window, right? That is true. But what I have found is that a lot of people don't know why. Because mm-hmm. there's the obvious reason, which is if the window breaks. Right. But, and in, you know, we're in California here. So earthquake safety is a big part of that. You don't sure. want broken glass from an earthquake. Right. But it's also important anywhere else that you live because there's all kinds of issues that can make a window break, such as high winds, hurricanes, neighbor mm-hmm. kid hits a baseball through oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yep. You know, and the other issue, there's two other main issues. The first is actually sunburn. Oh, I hadn't thought if of that. If you, depending on the placement of the window and the way the sun goes through it, it can become a problem for sunburn and for heat. Mm-hmm. And then in colder climates, the draft can also be a little bit of an issue. Mm-hmm. So just don't do it. Don't put the crib under the window. <laughs> well, I also think of climbing when the baby hits a certain age. Like, I mean, my daughter was really active and stood up in the crib early. And, mm-hmm. and some kids are able to even climb out of the crib at a pretty young mm-hmm. age. And so I think of climbing and just sort of, I don't know if the window, I I don't know. Like it's just, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's Um, a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. So we can avoid the windows. We will. Important to do that. So let's discuss the furnishings in more detail because we want to talk about, you know, when you're putting together a nursery, obviously you have the crib and you mentioned a glider, but let's talk about the other elements and, you know, things you recommend as far as, you know, flooring and window treatments, maybe having another piece of furniture in there like a day bed or a sofa. Mm-hmm. And we can even get into some of the equipment like the monitors and, and diaper pails. So let's kind yeah. of pull a room together, you know, sort of virtually right now for somebody and we'll talk about, you know, those elements. Yeah. So of course, like I said, usually starting with the crib is a good foundation. Mm-hmm. And most people who are designing their own nursery, the crib is usually kind of the statement piece that they're after. Yeah. You know, they want it to look really great. And so after you figure out your placement of that, <laughs> the crib is a really great place for making your, like, I guess, making that statement, right? So doing yeah. something with whether it's a beautiful accent wall behind the crib or a really nice piece of artwork that's very, very securely hung (laughs) over it. But luckily, the safety issues on cribs, as far as when you're shopping for a crib, Mm -hmm. most of them are held to such a high regulation Mm. that they're all going to be okay in the US. With the exception of... I'm not a fan of the IKEA cribs. Yeah. Because they're just you know, not as sturdy, and they have had some recalls. Mm -hmm. So in general, the very, very low end cribs are going to have more issues than the well built cribs. Got it. It can be the, you know, if it costs more, it's better. That can be the case with cribs, not, you know, insanely overpriced cribs. But the difference between a $200 crib and a $500 crib is significant when it comes to the quality. I'm sure. And as far as cribs go, do you recommend or like the cribs that convert to a toddler bed and Um, have that ability or not so much? I lean towards not so much for Mm -hmm. mainly there's two things I see happen all the time. Mm -hmm. The first thing is that 
by the time you're ready to transition into a twin bed or a toddler bed, you might just, you're over it and you want something new. Yep. And that's (laughs) what happened to us. We had the convertible. We never even Uh used it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the second issue is that sometimes the cribs get really beat up. And again, by the time you're ready, it's just trashed and you just need something new anyway. Right. Uh, I was just curious. It doesn't happen. Yeah. But some kids will just, they'll chew, they will, you know, they'll scratch, they'll mess up that crib pretty bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just thinking of it because it's, that's the investment piece, right? So I always think in investment pieces in a room, how can we get the most longevity? You would think maybe, oh, we'll get longevity. And it's funny because I find that a lot of us that did that or still are buying the convertible cribs end up, like you said, not using it because Mm -hmm. by the time you're ready for that real toddler bed or twin bed, you're just going to get the bed and not use the convertible. (laughs) But anyway, and then that, and that could be a personal preference and it can also depend on the child too, but yeah. Right. And they do have the, the conversion rails, the toddler rails that will just turn it into a quick toddler bed. But if you've purchased that two years ago and it's somewhere in your garage, yeah. With, and the hardware and the instructions. And you, sometimes people are like, screw it. I'm just going to get <laughs> a right. toddler bed. It's so true. Yeah. yeah. I was just curious on, of your take on that. But all right. Yeah. So I'll let you go on two weeks so that we have the crib and then we can talk about gliders and then like extra seating or day beds or sofas in the room mm-hmm. if it allows. Yeah. Um, we can, changing tables are another thing I have a few thoughts on. Yep. Uh, I would recommend investing in a dresser over a crib mm-hmm. because that's certainly something, if you take good care of it, it can last for a really long time. And, yeah. you know, assuming it's uh, well built and your kid hasn't <laughs> destroyed it. Right. But a lot of people ask me what the difference is between a dresser and a changing table. Yeah. And really, the only difference is the tray that goes on top. So changing tables will have this little tray that you put your changing pad inside. Mm-hmm. And it just serves as a separator kind of holds the the pad in place. Mm-hmm. And you can put one of those on top of any dresser. Right. And no, then I it becomes that's a, a good point because then you can just keep the dresser in the room for a while. Right. And also you don't need the tray. The tray is kind of one of those items that I always tell people is largely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Because what do you do with it when you're done? It's just a a big wood thing that you can't reuse for any other purpose. Right. And there are plenty of other ways to secure the changing pad to the dresser, just using, you know, you can screw it into the back or you can get that non-skid material that goes under. So yeah, tray is on my list of looks nice, but unnecessary. Okay. That's good to know for people. Mm-hmm. So any dresser. Okay. That's a, that's a great point. So we have the, the crib, the changing table, and then let's talk about some of the other elements in the room. Yeah. A glider would be the third of the mm-hmm. kind of main pieces. It can be a glider, a rocking chair. It could just be a chair. Yeah. Anything that you find comfortable for you as a parent, because mm-hmm. you'll be the one in there doing feedings, nighttime, middle of the night, rocking, all of that stuff. And when it comes to seating, I always recommend either an ottoman or some other seating that another adult can use Mm -hmm. when they're in the room. So if you have two parents in the room or a grandparent visiting or something, it's really nice to have just any spot another adult can sit. Very much so. And if you can fit, you know, a day bed or something else, that's always 
fabulous if it fits in there. Yeah, or, if it fits um, in, I know people really like to have it because then if like one of the parents wants to sleep in the room with the baby, they can. Yeah. Exactly. And some people do still use the nursery as a guest room. That too. Yes. That's a really good tip too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's really hard to fit all that stuff in. A, nurseries are, you know, tiny for the most part. It's usually the smallest room in your house. Mm-hmm. So it's hard, but it can be done depending on the layout of the room. My accessory course has finally launched. It is here. So to grab it, you can go to my website and click on course. Or if you go to my Instagram page, click the link in bio. That's right. I'm bringing it to you because over the last several years, it has been one of the top requested things that I get asked. And it just so happens it's what I'm really passionate about and what I've always loved to do. I always felt like your home wasn't fully dressed until I brought in that last layer and I loved doing it. And I love styling for my photo shoots. And most of the time I bring in all the accessories and get everything styled for a photo shoot. Guess what? The client wants to keep it all. Well, I'm going to show you my secrets, my tips, my tricks. It's going to be in a really simple video course broken up into modules that are going to be easy for you to get resources, solutions, and really quick wins at an affordable price, all with direction from me. So you can have your home looking like those sitting in a magazine or how I set them up for photo shoots really easily. I'm super excited. So if you're scratching your head about what to put on your coffee table, what to put on your mantle, how to arrange it, what to put in your bookcases, you're going to want to go click that link in bio and get this course at a very affordable price. I hope to see you there. Definitely. And I know you talk about lighting in a nursery as well. So let's talk about your tips for lighting in the room once now we have all the furniture in. Yeah. So lighting is definitely important and it functions a little bit differently because Mm. you are going to be in situations where you're coming into that room at night and you don't want to wake up the baby. Mm -hmm. So dimmers are your best friend in a Mm -hmm. nursery. Mm -hmm. So if you're able to put everything on dimmers, your light fixture, your recessed, anything that you can (laughs) is great. If you don't have that option, getting a little table lamp that's close to the door that you can just pop on when Mm -hmm. you need to walk in there, that's low light. It's not going to wake anyone up, but it's enough for you to walk in without tripping on it. Exactly. So that's certainly great with lighting. And then if you if you have your glider area and you want to have a little lamp there so you can read, you know, things like that. I like accessory lighting in nurseries a lot. Yeah, it's nice to layer lighting for sure mm-hmm. and have it soft. What are your tips Definitely. for window treatments and flooring in the nursery? So window treatments are fairly complicated because they can involve sleep training. Mm. So, and especially with my clients who are first time parents, you know, I ask them, have you thought about sleep training? And they just kind of blank stare at me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because when it comes to window treatments in a nursery, there's generally two camps of people. The first is they just want blackout. I want everything blackout. Mm -hmm. And the second is they want flexibility so the baby can learn to sleep with some daylight, Mm -hmm. which is part of the sleep training. The caveat, of course, is that that requires a lot of effort to sleep train. Mm -hmm. And you might end up still with a baby who just will scream and scream until you shut the drapes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's all up in the air. And my best recommendation is 
to have blackouts, but also have an option if you don't want to have the blackout shut. So depending on the way that the light comes through your window, you can either just open the blackouts a little bit, or you can layer another drapery underneath like a sheer or a semi sheer Mm -hmm. or have like a a roll down plus drapery, you know, anything that gives you that flexibility. I think that's a very smart point. We did that. And I I was glad that I did because like you said, you kind of need both. I feel like Mm -hmm. I don't know. And obviously anything on the windows needs to be cordless. Yes, definitely cordless and preferably away from the crib. Yep. Exactly. So they can stick their arm all the way out through the rails. Yeah. You don't you don't want them to be able to grab anything. Right. And then as far as flooring, obviously it's nice to have carpeting and soft underfoot. So even if there's hardwood floors in the room, wouldn't you recommend like a nice soft area rug? Yes, I pretty much do rugs in every single nursery. Wood floors or carpet. We'll put a rug on top of carpet. Okay. They're great and they help to hide stains and they're easier to replace than a whole room of flooring. Exactly. So I definitely always recommend a rug and a larger rug if you can that kind of spreads underneath the furniture a little bit. Okay. That sounds good. Mm -hmm. So now that the nurseries kind of come together, right? You've got all your elements in there. You've done your space planning. You have your vibe. Let's talk about safety and safety tips. Yes. So we've covered a little bit of that already with the crib placement and the cords on the windows and all of that. The biggest safety tip that I have is just to pay attention. Mm -hmm. Because some kids will just sit in their crib and not touch anything and they're great. (laughs) (laughs) And other kids are just going to try everything to touch everything to pull on everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you have something in the nursery, like just something as simple as a side table. Yeah. Side table is very safe. It's, you know, it's lightweight. It's got legs that make it, you know, sturdy. If your child still wants to try and mess with it, they're mm-hmm. going to mess with it. Mm-hmm. So this is where things like monitoring is so important because if you start noticing they've taken interest in trying to knock over this table, take the table away. Yeah. And make sure the cords behind the table are all hidden and all of that. Yeah. So monitoring is huge. And then just kind of observing their playtime. What are they interested in? What types of things are they grabbing towards? That kind of thing. Yeah. And when they're babies, the monitors really are important for, you know, sleep and that yeah. kind of thing. But when they're older, it's great to have more of a whole room view. Yes. So you can see what's going on. If they happen to get themselves out of the crib, you can see what they're doing. (laughs) When they can get out of the crib, it's time to really be careful too. Because then you have to make sure they don't walk out of the room in the middle of the night. Sometimes people have to gate the room. Like it's a whole thing. There's a whole separate thing with that. It's Yeah, yeah, it's kind of terrifying. Well, Um, yeah, that's a whole other phase. And my daughter, one of my older daughter walked early. And so that came up for us. Like, is she going to just like walk out of the room in the middle of the mm -hmm. night? Yeah, so... Yeah, so definitely good monitoring and paying attention. Those are those are really great. And then as far as just actual little tips, there are outlets is one thing I yep. definitely recommend taking care of. They do make a bunch of different products for this. They have mm-hmm. just the little pop-in plugs. 
Yeah. And then they have actual outlet covers that you can get replaced that have special mechanisms inside of them. Mm-hmm. And then they have lock boxes. Mm-hmm. So the little push in plugs are by far the easiest, but yeah. some kids have figured out how to pull them out. Yep. So again, that comes back to monitoring. You know, some kids won't touch them. Some mm-hmm. kids are going to try and stick things in there to pull them out. So yeah. you don't want that. You don't want their hands trying to pull out near the outlet. So then you might need to upgrade to the covers or the, the lock boxes. Yes. And do you have any safety tips regarding the bedding for infants and all that? Because I know over the years, more and more sort of been taken away, taken out of the crib. because of potential suffocation and things like that. So, and like there used to be a time you could hang a little soft mobile above the crib. Now I think that's not what they recommend because there could be, you know, they could get tangled, whatever. So anything in that regard on crib safety, just in general with the bedding and what's near the crib? Yeah. So I definitely would say minimalism is better Mm -hmm. here. The actual safety regulations are going to vary by state. Mm-hmm. You can still buy crib bumpers online. Yeah. They are outlawed in several states. So oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. But you can get them. You yeah. can certainly buy them. They're not illegal. Yeah. But I definitely don't recommend them. So no bumpers, no pillows, no blankets, really just the crib fitted sheet. Yep. When they're little. And if they get cold, you can do the sleep sacks that mm-hmm. are, you know, safety regulated as well. Mm-hmm. The mobiles, I, I'm not a fan either. I don't, mm-hmm. I kind of just don't put anything in there. Yep. Some people do like to have a blanket draped over the front because it looks pretty. That's fine. Just remove it when the baby is in there. Goes to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's, it's kind of the nurseries you see in photography are very different than the nurseries in real life. Yeah. Less is more. I mean, and less is, yes. less is what's safe really is what it is. Exactly. And even things yeah. like crib canopies, the mm-hmm. kind of hanging drapery, a lot of that is really popular, mm-hmm. but I won't suggest those at all. Yeah. Those seem like they could be trouble depending on mm-hmm. the kid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into, this comes up a lot with color and color palettes, particularly if somebody wants the nursery in neutrals, they don't want to say, oh, I want it pink or I want it blue, right? There's so many in between. Plus some people may not know what they're having. And they might want to just have something ready for whatever baby comes in, right? So mm-hmm. do you have color guidance that you suggest? And then what would be your tips on doing something with neutral tones in a nursery? Yeah. So the neutral tones are just so wildly popular right now. And they mm. have been for a long time. Mm-hmm. And many more people I'm noticing are choosing not to find out what they're having. Yep. Whereas a few years ago, it was more, I know what I'm having, but I like neutrals. Yeah. Now it's, I'm not going to find out and I'm going to do neutral because I also like neutrals. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so it, it's interesting how that's evolved. But again, with the style, I tend to fall into a little bit more of a casual opinion with color, which is do what you like. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're having a boy, but you just really love lavender, you can weave a little lavender into that room. You can do whatever. I had a client once who she grew up on a farm and they had honeybees. And so flowers were a big part of her life growing up and were still part of her family. 
and she was having a boy and she said, I don't care. I want florals in this nursery. Yeah. We did florals. You know, I think the nursery space is for the parents. It is not for the baby. The baby will not care. (laughs) No, it's such a good point. And you even mentioned something in your book where like this comes up a lot and people will be like, and you know, cause I talk about psychology of home and things like that all the time Mm -hmm. where you'll be like, well, what colors are going to either, you know, soothe the baby or stimulate the baby or be good for the baby? And what should we do for the baby? And I love, you know, in your book, you're like, honestly, it doesn't matter. Like put the color in there that's going to make you happy. Because you said that, right. I think you mentioned there's not really like one set of color. I mean, we know that they see in black and white and with toys and all that, that's good. But, and they probably see shadow and things like that in the beginning. But it sounded like, you know, you were kind of saying, it's not like there's one color palette that's like great for the baby and you must do that color palette. So. Right. Well, the other thing about that is that when they're in the nursery, most of that time, they're going to be asleep. Right. So if (laughs) you're worried about the baby having enough stimulation, Mm -hmm. that's going to come into play in your living room for tummy time or with the toys or with your books. Right. On the Uh, play mats. Exactly. The nursery won't really be that involved in that process. Yeah, But if it's something you're really concerned about, you can always bring those toys and books into the nursery, even if yep. the nursery is neutral. Totally. So yeah, I'm not super worried about it. And the science is, it's still evolving. We don't really know a whole lot. Yeah, interesting. About specific colors as far as how they, you know, influence baby development. But yeah, that's kind of my advice there is don't worry about it too much inside of the nursery. And like you said, neutrals are popular. Don't feel afraid to use them if you want just something neutral. And then you can always bring in accent colors once you have the baby and you kind of know their personality, colors that they sort of like, whether it's orange, whether it's yellow, whatever. Yeah. Because they will get to an age where they're going to start asking. Yes. And most likely what they're asking for is something you're going to (laughs) hate. So I take advantage of the time you have to make that room beautiful. That's such a good point. To your own standards. And then when they're five and start demanding a, you know, frozen themed room, right? (laughs) then uh, you can fight with them at that point. Yeah. No, I think neutrals are really nice and they're great to use for, you know, boys or girls. And, you know, you can just incorporate so much. And now that they have, there's a lot of organic materials like knits and things like on little knit floor chairs and things like that Mm -hmm. and texture that you can put into a room. I think it can be really pretty and really fun. Yeah. Texture is really important with neutrals. Yeah. I love texture Mm -hmm. and neutrals and it it could really just be a very sophisticated, but also it's a very airy look and light. So it's all, it's all good. So this comes up a lot, you know, in general where whether somebody's doing one room in their house or a whole house or specifically their nursery and they don't know what things cost. And they, they're like, mm-hmm. well, how much do I set aside? And, or really, they don't say they're going to, what am I going to set aside? They kind of go head first and be like, well, let's buy the crib. Let's buy this. Let's do that. <laughs> and, and I don't know if you experience this, but I try to really reel everybody in and say, okay, here's what you need. Let's make a plan for this. You know, Because whether you have the money now and you can do it now, or you need to budget a certain amount. So let's talk about budgeting for the nursery. And there's things you want to do the splurge on things you want to do the save mm-hmm. on like any other room. And sometimes on the things that you are spending more money on, you know, sometimes I like to think about it as well, could it go beyond what could we invest in that can go beyond the first year? And then you're sort of getting time, you know, out of the money that you've spent. But 
Anyway, I would like your take on sort of budgeting for the nursery, what people should do, how they should plan their splurges and their saves. Yeah. So there's definitely, again, an added layer with nurseries. So when you're talking about a living room and somebody who doesn't know how much things cost, they at least know what the pieces are. So they know I need a sofa, I need a coffee table, you know. But when it comes to nursery, people don't even know that list because this Mm -hmm. is very new to them for a first-time parent. So figuring out what the list is first is a really good way to figure out what the budget can be. Mm -hmm. Because what you just said, when people kind of go in head first, they start buying things and they don't realize, oh, you also need this $200 baby monitor. You also need, you know... All of these things that really add up. Yeah. So I have a checklist in the book for this because it's definitely people just don't know. And once you have that, you can look at it and go, okay, I'm going to Google around. I'm going to find what a cribs costs and what are the kind of different, the highs and the lows in the pricing uh, and kind of put together a budget that way. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the registry. Mm-hmm. So budget can kind of fit in with the registry where a lot of these things can be put on there, like the diaper pail and the monitor. So you don't have to necessarily pay for everything. Right. If you can get it gifted, you know, that kind of thing. So as far as the splurge and save, similarly to what you said, you know, pieces that are going to last longer, you can invest more in. So mm-hmm. the dresser that I mentioned earlier is something I would say in a lot of cases, the glider is also something that you can reuse if you take good care of it. Mm-hmm. And if you get it in a neutral, that's something you could even move to a living room or a guest room or something. Yeah. Or a den or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And regardless of the fabric you get, it's always a good idea to have a nice big throw blanket to cover that chair when you're feeding. Yes. To keep it clean. and you know, make sure you get a fabric that's also easily cleanable. Definitely. So that's, you know, little stuff like artwork or little table lamps, that kind of thing. Those are the things that I will generally recommend clients cut budget on if they need to, Mm -hmm. because they're likely to be changed out. Exactly. Yep. And the wall art, some of the wall art too, some maybe yes, some no, it'll depend on like how sort of, you know, right. Youthful it is. Like really great little table lamps at Target for 50 bucks, you know? Oh, great stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think layering in those pieces with your investment pieces is totally okay to do. Okay. Yeah. And we didn't talk about it with color, but obviously through all of this that we're talking about decorating a nursery, wallpaper can really come into play and can be really fun. And so I encourage mm-hmm. people to use it. And I'm sure you do too. Whether oh, we it be, use it all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I actually think it's just great in a nursery and it's graphic and all that good stuff. So, and I think even if you're doing a neutral palette, you can use wallpaper. So. Oh yeah. We do yeah. it all the time with neutral rooms too. Yep. And in the nursery, a lot of people just opt for the accent wall because they're not dealing with a large space. Right. Which saves a lot of money and you can, you know, much more easily remove it if you need to. Absolutely. Okay. So we have talked about a lot here. Um, I am going to mention again that Naomi's book is called Your Perfect Nursery. It's a step-by-step approach to creating the nursery of your dreams. It is 
laid out so beautifully for everybody. It keeps you organized. It has great pictures. It's sectioned out in a way that it's easy to digest. So I highly recommend getting her book. But I would love, Naomi, to close the show by, even though we've covered so much, if there's any other best quick tips or advice you want to leave the audience with. And then please tell listeners where's the best place to find you, whether it's your website or your social media platforms, wherever you want to be found. And we'll put it all in the show notes and also a link to her book. Great. So I have two, I think, final tips. The first one I touched on a little bit, which is just, I call the book Your Perfect Nursery and not, you know, The Perfect Nursery, Mm -hmm. because it really should be a space that you as a parent feel comfortable in. Mm -hmm. And because you're the one who's going to be awake at 2am and, you know, trudging through this room exhausted. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I think that making it a space for you that just feels good is kind of the most important thing. I love that point. That's so good. So true. Yeah. It's just, you're going to be tired and exhausted (laughs) and stressed and you know, having the space you can walk into that you just feel happy and cozy, I think is a really good goal to have. That's huge. Yep. Yeah. And then the second tip also, and this comes into play specifically with what we're dealing with now with all these delays and everything with Mm. sourcing and COVID related and whatnot. If you don't have everything in place, yeah, it's going to be okay. There's a few items that you really need to have as a new parent. And Mm -hmm. most of the other things really don't matter. You know, you need a safe place for them to sleep. And a lot of times that's just a bassinet for the first four months. Yep. You need some diapers, you know, you need a place to change the baby, but a lot of times that's the floor or a bed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have, you know, this beautifully curated nursery by the time you get home from the hospital. Such a good, good point. Like I love those two things are just huge. And and they're they're so true. Like when I look back, it was like that's so accurate what you just said. Right. And I think also a lot of people worry about having everything done on time. And that's the nesting instincts, you know, there's a lot that goes into that, and that's totally fine. And I think if you can get it done, then great. It'll be a big piece of mind for you. But if it's not, then Luckily, we live in a time where you can just run to Target and get anything you need. (laughs) I know. (laughs) know? I mean, it's uh, that and Amazon. It's like, you know, it's taken over the world. But I think also, like you said, with your point, the reality right now from the effects of, you know, COVID supply chain issues, there's all kinds of things. And as in the last 24 hours in my industry, I heard it's just about to get a little bit worse. You know, lead times are long and I don't know what lead times on cribs are, but you know, people have to wait for things. And I think you bring up a good point. Like if you have a bassinet, I mean, I remember both my babies were in that the first four months, Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah. And they were in our room for four months. So it's like, you know, yeah. And one have some time, right. You have time. And during those first few months too, if, if you're at home and you're just recovering and your baby's sleeping all day, you can just Buy things online while you're waiting. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, you can gradually get that nursery together. I think like you said, you know, everyone gets anxious and they want it done. And I just think take the pressure off yourself. Like if you can get it done, great. But given the reality of the environment right now with ordering, just take a breath and know like it'll get there and you'll mm-hmm. have everything you need in the meantime. Nobody will be without, you know? Right. Yeah. Yep. 
That's good advice. So best place to find you, if you want to mention your website and social media platforms, we'll put them in the show notes, Naomi, if you want to mention those. Sure. Yeah. My website is littlecrowninteriors.com. Okay. And Instagram is the same, just at littlecrowninteriors. I'm on Pinterest, littlecrownint. Okay. And yeah, I'm around. I'm pretty Googleable. <laughs> so it's as not we too all hard are. to find me. Yes. And nowadays, everyone is. Yeah. And we'll so. put your book, as I mentioned, in the show notes. If you are listening and you have a nursery you need to refresh, you have a new baby coming into the house and need to set up another nursery, you are going to want to get these resources from Naomi. Her book is just fantastic. So I really appreciate you taking the time and coming on today and talking so specifically about such a special and important room in the home. I always like to provide our audience with, you know, valuable information and this is an important space in the home. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you. And as always, you're going to want to always head over to jillcalmaninteriors.com. I've got a wonderful new freebie for you called the room planner. And most of the time that you're not getting your house decorated, it's because you don't have a plan in place. This helps you cover it all and get it in motion so you can accomplish your home design goals. Go grab it now. It's totally free. And my course is also still available on the website along with so much more. I look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Head over to jillcalmaninteriors.com to learn more about designing a beautiful new home while minimizing the stress of moving. See you back here next week.